this thing about you know the everyday creator or something that's every day is often always a story behind it, behind an object. Maybe it is professional, maybe it is nuts. And you have to kind of just kind of go screw it, I'm going to carry on regardless. Like nuts, creativity is good for you. Welcome to The Common Creative. I'm Chris Meredith. And I'm Paul Fairweather. And welcome to our show, which is all about sharing the tools, the tricks of creativity, so that creativity becomes as common as an everyday paperclip. And in today's show, we've taken a rather unusual theme. We want to talk about nuts. Now, what is the link between nuts and creativity? Paul, I've got some ideas, but do you want to share your ideas first? For me, the, the link is that it happens to be my theme for the week on my daily watercolour post. But what sort of alerted me to this connection is about the Brazil nut. And in the first instance, I knew that Brazil nuts were very good for you because they're incredible, packed with many different minerals and vitamins and good carbs and fats and everything. But it also they also contain high doses of selenium. And selenium is a mineral that we all need, but in Australia here, we don't get enough of it because it's not in our soil. The Brazil nut, it is high doses. And in fact, one Brazil nut gives you 175% of your daily dose that you can overdose on selenium. So at risk of distracting you from our nutritional theme today, <laughs> does that mean there's, you know, is there a risk of doing too many watercolours or is there a risk of doing too much photography? Is that where we're going with this? I'm the sort of person where all things in moderation but moderation. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not very good at moderate and I tend to run down some rabbit holes. I think doing a watercolour a day has been very good for me. Now, whether it becomes my habit for the rest of my life or it leads to something else, I don't know. But I, I think there are things and some of them are you know, physical and some of them are probably possibly psychosomatic and some are psychological where too much of a good thing is bad for you. I'd ask you, Chris, what do you think? I definitely get too much of a good thing. And I, like you, I'm, I'm do one act of creativity each morning and it's to post a photograph. And I love it. I love that idea of a creative challenge each morning. I love the idea of accomplishing something almost before most people have got up. But I could see it as a, as a sort of handicap where you, you become defined as that guy who does this thing each morning. But I'm kind of exploring the whole world of sculpture at the moment. And it's obviously very different from photography. But if there's another creative theme within photography that comes along, I'm open to that as well. So, yeah, I think, I think there's definitely something in this idea. There's too much of a good thing. And, and once you, once you hit a, a theme, obviously it's worth going with it for a bit, but, but recognize it probably, it's probably a bad thing for, to keep that going forever because it just becomes the same old, same old. There's a point that, that I think it raises is one is about conscious creativity because, you know, obviously when we're creating, we are still consuming materials to create and, and that's something that we've, you know, we've spoken about in the past or in the future depending on the uh, sequencing of our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, we'll talk about telepathy in the next episode, how we can going yeah, you, you mentioned sculpture and I uh, took a group of guys as part of a, a men's program I run to visit this amazing sculptor called Stephen Hart, who we've interviewed. And Stephen is just a wonderful place, and there'll be a link to his website on the show notes. 
But he was showing this work called Frank, and it was this sort of abstracted or um, figure, a deconstructed figure. And it was just, and it, it's all about these metaphors. But he had this one metaphor that when the, the Burrs revolution, when we had the GFC in the state, the federal government put us money for building schools and stuff, and it was this, this revolution. And he was thinking about this thing as revolution. And so he, he had this Frank character on a contraption, which was revolving. Because he just sort of says, well, a revolution is really just going around and around. <laughs> and around. <laughs> which which I, I thought was really interesting. And you look back over time when there's revolutions and it's seen as this new thing. But in reality, it's just, just the same old stuff going around and around with different <laughs> generations. But, but he had the same experience. He said, look, I could have devoted my whole life to this series of metaphors based on being frank. And he said, I just could have, you know, and there were these blue thin characters, but he said at the end, I just, I had to move on to something else. So I think and that's, that's a, a great case of a good thing is, is, is too much of a good thing. Yes. Um, this topic of, of nuts, which, which uh, is this idea, it's because the word means people, you know, you're mad, you're nuts. Um, I don't know why there's the, that particular food group got, associated with the idea of madness. But so another reason I like this theme is because a lot of creative people are often thought of as being a bit nuts because they have ideas that other people don't have and they might say things that other people haven't thought of. And it sort of amuses me that m- maybe there is a connection between creativity and being perhaps a bit unbalanced, if not completely nuts. Or maybe it's just that the world hasn't caught up with creative people yet. Paul, you're drawing paintings of everyday objects and this week's got a food theme for you. That's a bit weird. And I take photographs of a beach and sometimes my photographs have beautiful mermaids floating in the sky. And that's definitely a bit weird. So I wonder, are we both a bit nuts or is it just that the rest of the world hasn't caught up with us? Well, look, I, I think there's a couple of parts to that. I think one, we are probably a little bit misunderstood. I think certainly creativity is also misunderstood. And I ran a workshop yesterday around creative leadership and one of the young entrepreneurs that was on the course, his question is he wanted to understand creativity better and he wanted to understand creativity differently. And after the session he did, you know, and and I think he was probably of the generation that thought creativity is artistry and not really realising what he was doing was creativity. So but I think that the, the analogy or the metaphor uh, back back to the nuts to try to keep it in theme is that many things that we think of as nuts aren't in fact are not nuts. So, you know, they're misunderstood. They're not nuts, uh, although you think they're nuts. And the list is quite amazing. Now, the most obvious one is the peanut, which is actually not a nut. It's a legume, which is also quite interesting because people that have nut allergies are often most allergic to peanuts. But that's actually not a nut. They're a legume, and they come out of the ground. Um, they're not. They're not allergic. They're just fashionable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, the peanut is is actually a legume, but it's called a peanut. And you know, my post when I started this this week, it was no matter what people tell you, we're not nuts. In fact, related to the peach. And if you think of the the peach seed, it's like basically almonds. It's basically inside. You know, what would be a peach seed in, in the peach? So, so there's a nice counter. Next time you're having an idea, somebody looks you in the eye and says, you're nuts. The reply is, no, I'm a peach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very peachy, thank you. Uh, so, uh, I've got a serious point about helping to mitigate that reaction that you're nuts. Because I think 
it's people are so quick to judge new ideas and they either judge the idea itself we've tried it before or it won't work it's stupid those kind of things or they judge the person coming up with the idea you're nuts you know what's in your head how how can you say something like that and i there is a a great technique that i've learned it's called signaling and it's it's a it's a way of sort of signaling in advance the person that's listening to your idea that you're about to say something that might stretch their imagination a bit that, that it might kind of go beyond the bounds of what they currently think about and the, the signal is to, to kind of listen to it and run with it for a bit to kind of build that idea or at least play with the idea before that sort of temptation to kind of slice it to bits happens. So, so I, I, sometimes what I do is, is I tell people I'm, I'm one of these people that finds it easy to come up with ideas. It, and it means that some of the ideas are rubbish and some of the ideas hopefully are quite good. And it means I'm quite happy if, if sometimes if an idea gets ends up going nowhere it doesn't matter to me very much because i'll have another one and another one and another one so with that in mind let's explore this particular idea help me build it help me explore it help me play with it if it ends up going nowhere doesn't matter if it goes to somewhere new and interesting that's a good thing but it's the signal that i need your help to play with this idea rather than i need your help to analyze this idea that's very important. And I, I hopefully it's, it's helped people understand that I'm perhaps not as crazy as I might sometimes seem. Right. <laughs> so signaling, that's my, that's my tip is signal that you're going to have, that you're sharing an idea, A, to give that idea a bit of space to breathe and B, to avoid the world thinking you're nuts. You know, there's that great quote from Einstein where he says creativity is seeing the same thing as everyone else, but thinking something different. It's a little bit my dad used to always say, he said that he always considered the bravest man in the world as the man that first ate an oyster. Um, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they look, they look dreadful and, you, you know, no sane person would put it in their mouth, yet somehow it become a, a delicacy. So there is that reminds me of a project I've been involved with for many years with a, a good friend of mine called Husk. And it's spelled H-U-S. Q-U-E, and I'll put the link in the show notes. But he, what he's done is he's taken the shell of the macadamia nut, so not the outer green thing, but the brown middle piece, which is hard as a rock, and he basically gets that material that's ground. They, they grind it, and he mixes it with the resin. He makes these absolutely beautiful objects, bowls and platters and things like that. And it's called husk, H-U-S-Q-U-E, because the Q-U-E is a reference to Queensland because the macadamia nut was uh, native to Queensland. For many years it was called the Queensland nut, but now it's called the macadamia nut. So, but your, your point presumably is that to that person it's that not the edible bit, but it's the bit that you can mix with resin that's the interesting bit. So the rest of us yeah, yeah. that away, but here's a person that's found a completely different angle and, and is interested in the bits that the rest of us aren't interested in. Yeah, and, and not only that, what he's done is if you do you know check out his, his website, which is husk.com, is that he's mimicked the way the, the shell is. Now, whether if you know it or not, but the on the inside of the shell, it often has a white coating on at least one side of it um, and what he's done is his sort of trademark of this object is he mixed the resin, mixed the, um, the powder with the resin and it's got a beautiful dark brown 
colour, like, like a Bakelite. It's effectively like a modern Bakelite. But on the inside of these shapes, he, he puts a, a, a coloured resin coat. And the, his first one is very much, he's sort of modelled like a shard of macadamia shell. And so it's just like small piece. So the inspiration uh, has not just been the material, but it's actually the object itself where he's, he's mimicked it to create this object. Where do you think that comes from, that idea to look at something that the rest of the world thinks is a waste product and go, oh, I can see something interesting in there? Where, where do you think that comes from? Because it's really, it's really it's, it, that's in a way the heart of creativity is just you've seen it differently. I think we need to get Mark on the show uh, and to ask him that question. Mm. It, it strikes me that there are moments when creatives have to be almost defiant because I imagine if, if you, if you're at that first point of exploring what to do with the, the husk of a macadamia, something that normal people, if we can call them that, would chuck away. And you go, I'm going to, I'm spending a lot of time trying to do stuff with this waste product that, that to the rest of the world has no value. The, the feedback's going to be, well, can you get on with something useful, please? You know, yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. what are you wasting your time doing that for? And in any case, it's only art or it's only bowls you're making. They're, they're pretty irrelevant. Do something proper. I think another thing about that, and it's not, it's the antithesis of that, of the creator that has, you know, has conviction, has a very clear idea is the, that again relates to nuts or so-called nuts, is the closet creative who wants to be creative but is embarrassed about coming out of your shell. You know, some shells are harder to crack than others. And, you know, unless you have a hammer or a vice, the macadamia is almost impossible to crack. Let me ask you, Paul, because I'm, I'm thinking uh, for a lot of people into, into artistic creativity, the way it is through bunches of flowers, that's what... If you're going to start with a paintbrush, you paint bunches of flowers. That's the rule. And it's a very safe way of starting to paint because that's what the world expects you to do. And, you know, you get a pretty picture that you put on the wall with some nice colours and stick it in the toilet or wherever. Now, you, on the other hand, paint irrelevant stuff. You paint household objects. You, you, you know, just a spoon, a teapot, a bunch of almonds. And you're not supposed to paint that stuff because it's too meaningless it's too irrelevant to normal life why can't you paint something nice like a bunch of flowers or a, a pretty landscape perhaps so you're a weirdo in this sense but what inspires you to paint irrelevant household objects it's because i'm a hard nut to crack <laughs> <laughs> so i had to get that in though uh, i didn't know the rule was you're supposed to start painting flowers i missed that in the rule book uh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> which, I, which I'm glad because I do occasionally paint flowers. But in terms of the everyday objects, it started in part because it was just, in fact, I started this recent project starting doing whatever's in front of me and it happened to be I was on holiday. So it was uh, the view out the window across the river. So the first ones were actually riverscapes, which is funny because I was doing that prior to meeting you and your daily thing was photographs of the beach and here I am, you know, which is brought <laughs> together. So there's there's some sort of strange mystery Thank uh, <laughs> in, in, in there. But look, to be honest, it, it, there's two parts. One is just convenience because, you know, I, I am a bit lazy and so I just paint one in front of me and it and it's what I've always done. I've The short talk I did at TED was about doodling at TED it wasn't doodling, it's drawing, you know, the speakers and the things that they were talking about. And that came from a habit I had in meetings of drawing what was in front of me, coffee cups or shoe or person or 
pencils or pens. So it's just really a little bit about, and actually when I was a child, I painted from a very young age and I got paint sets and, and easels and I just remember always saying to my mum, what can I paint? What can I paint? <laughs> and I could never, you know, I, I was always, what can I paint? So I suppose it's just like, well, I'll just paint what's in front of me and I'll just do that. But what I like is, and, and it's been very instructive for me, you know, I'm a storyteller as well, and some of these objects have stories because some of them are things that we've had in the family and they have family stories and interesting stories, but some of them don't have stories and I research them and I find out very interesting things every day. There's often always a story behind it, behind an object. I, th- I, mean, I think that's what I see in your work is is the, the images themselves appear to be sort of ordinary video and yet there's always a meaning there's always and it could be as simple as a pun um but i i love that to the two layers of your work there's the image itself and then there's the backstory the research the pun the description like we're sharing today that nuts are often not nuts and i wasn't even completely sure about peanuts so i've, I've learned a lot about nutrition today <laughs> hopefully a bit about well you know as, well. as we both know chris and that's probably yes, another analogy or metaphor is that like nuts, creativity is good for you. Yes. And it's, it's nourishing. And if you can like nuts, they're, they're an accessible food. And for for people that choose to have alternate protein sources, it's a great and convenient thing. And it's I think it has a very strong link to our theme of, you know, the everyday creative because, you know, they are things that are just part and parcel of our life. Most people, except for the very few that have allergic reactions to nuts, eat nuts. Yeah, constantly. So yes, it is just about that that everyday thing. But again, looking like at the nuts, looking at the layers. So it's looking down. It's not just the outer fruit. It's what's inside or what's behind it that I find to be you know very very interesting. I think it's a very practical application of nuts and creativity because the act of chewing. I'm sure it stimulates the brain. There's probably some biologists out there who can give us better data, but but to be chewing away gets the brain going. It's a great thing to do uh, if you want a great creative output to stimulate you, and nuts are perfect for that. Well, exactly, and again, if you don't chew a nut, you can choke, and there's been lots of people (laughs) (laughs) choked on on a nut, and, you know, and there's a lot of creatives that choke. We get creative block, writer's block. The choke is... uh, it's an interesting name given that the choke on the car, which we don't have anymore. There's probably a painting in that because the choke is about controlling the amount of air. I think it's, it can, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, the same okay. idea. You can okay. overchoke so it. Thanks for a bit of mechanical insight. <laughs> well, I, I studied engineering when I was at university. so But I think the choke response is a response that certainly for people that don't understand creativity and mistake artistry with application of creativity to their daily life or their business is a problem. But even artists, well-known artists, whether they're writers or painters or whatever, have moments in their life where they they choke, you know, and sometimes it's needed. That rest period is probably good a good topic for another uh, session, Chris, about stopping. Yeah. Stopping. Uh, <laughs> yes, because how do you stop? When should you stop? What are the benefits of stopping? <laughs> Yeah, and it'd be a great topic for us because we're on this train, aren't we, which is about daily, 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 this pattern. So how do you know when to stop? Should you stop? When, yeah. when would be this daily? Yeah, we should talk about that because I do feel I'm, I'm obligated now 
But it's about those rhythms in our life and when, when it is time to stop and then restarting again. And it's getting a little off topic, but, you know, the reason I don't stop is because I don't know if I can restart. You know, it's that momentum that carries me along, which I'm trying to think of a, an analogy back to nuts, but I can't at the <laughs> I can. It certainly is true of Brazil nuts. I'm pleased I now know you can overdose on selenium and Brazil nuts because I find once I start eating nuts, I, I just eat. Or more, and more, and more, and then I can only stop when I get that feeling of of just you know it's gonna, <laughs> I've, I've overdone it in a big way. Well, Chris, as people will see from our photos at our website, where one of the first symptoms of overdosing on selenium is to actually lose your hair. Uh, <laughs> and uh, as, you, as you know, I uh, I don't have a lot of it, so uh, but I don't think, I don't think I've overdosed, but. In your case, if your hair starts falling out very quickly, you might know that you're overdosing on uh, Brazil nuts. Oh, Paul, I think that's the perfect moment for us to stop. We've talked about the layers in nuts. We've talked about the fact that creatives might be nuts. We've talked about how nuts, chewing nuts, can make you more creative. I'm amazed how much we've learned about creativity by discussing nuts. So. Thank you. And I, if you've been listening in, I hope everybody's enjoyed it. The show notes will have all the details of the websites we've chatted about. And please join us next week. Okay, yes, great. Uh, thanks for joining us and we'll uh, see you next week. We are not nuts. <laughs> we are not nuts. Cheers. And that concludes this week's episode of The Common Creative. If you'd like to find out more about any of the individuals we've mentioned in the show, their links are in the show notes below. If you'd like to find out about my business, chrismeredith.com.au. Again, the link is in the show notes. Paul, how can they find out about your business? If you'd like to find out about my business, it's paulfairweather.com. And again, links in the show notes below. Thanks for joining us and look forward to getting you back next week. See you soon.